our average customer sees a 180 to 240 percent increased engagement. That's that's not a little, right? And I think like that's the thing that is hard to convey because it's such a huge jump. I'll tell you what, Anna Harak. Of all the corporate clients that we work with at Convince and Convert, I'm pretty sure all of them would be interested in a 180 to 240 percent engagement rate increase in their social media. I think everybody in the world would be interested in 180 to 240 percent increase in engagement. Um, Jay, I can also tell you exactly how many times we've talked on this show to a former rock and roll DJ turned co-founder for social AI management content platform, and it is one, and it was awesome. <laughs> one time, yeah. Kate Bradley Turnis is our guest this week. She's the CEO of Lately.ai. Uh, which is an artificial intelligence platform that takes long-form content and turns it into very, very successful social media content using machine learning. And what a terrific interview. Uh, We'll talk about why most marketing doesn't need to be of the minute, right? That it can be always on. We'll talk about empathy. We'll talk about five-year-olds using a typewriter and a lot of other interesting diversions in this week's episode of Social Pros. Speaking of Social Pros, as many of you longtime listeners know, we recently passed the 500-episode threshold, uh, which I I think uh, gets us a... um, you know, a room fragrance diffuser or something along those lines, uh, some sort of a special prize. Uh, but in l- lieu of the room fragrance diffuser, we actually put together an extraordinary ebook just for you, the Social Pros community. You can get it at bit.ly slash socialpros500, B-I-T dot L-Y slash socialpros500. And in this special ebook, we went out and interviewed many of our longtime guests, people who have been on the show multiple times, and we talked about What's changed in the 10 years or so since this show debuted? What do you like most about social? What don't you like these days? Uh, Pull together our favorite episodes uh, of all time. It's a really, really fun uh, production. It won't cost you anything. We'd love for you to download it if you haven't had a chance to do so. It would make me very happy personally. Bitly slash social pros 500. She didn't make the book because we just uh, recorded it today and the book was done a couple months ago, but she would have made the book and maybe next time she will. It's Kate Bradley Turnus from Lately here on Social Pros. You know, here in the social media community, so often we talk about the power of technology. I can't imagine being in social media without technology. And today's guest on Social Pros is at the absolute vanguard, the collision of social media and technology. She is the chief executive officer, founder of Lately.ai, which is harnessing the awesome power of AI and machine learning to make social media better. Kate bradley Chernis joins us this week on the show. Kate, what is up? So much awesome. (laughs) You captured it. Yeah. um, Boy, I I feel like I'm in this topsy-turvy world when when you describe that. I'm like, is that, that's me? You know, I was a fiction writing major, Jay, and I worked the line. I was a line cook. Um, And so coming into, like, it's just, how did I get here is what what I'm saying. (laughs) I don't know. They always always say that the best training for MarTech companies is fiction writing and line cook. I, I feel like that's a, that's that <laughs> advice as old as time itself. Uh, so it really doesn't surprise me. It's a natural career progression uh, for sure. Kate, I think uh, the best thing we can do for our audience here on Social Pros, and we love each and every one of you, the best thing we can do is have you give a brief um, 
overview on on how Lately works. Uh, our team at Convince and Convert, Anna and myself, we were very, very, very early customers of Lately, like first week. Um, so we're very familiar with uh, the platform, but it'd be better since it's Kate's company if she described it to us. Go ahead, Kate. Thank you so much. So um, Lately uses artificial intelligence to transform any blog or video or audio piece into dozens of social posts. And the way it does that is by studying your analytics and it looks for the keywords and the phrases and the ideas that it already knows your audience wants to engage with. And then it takes the writing model that you can improve upon, right? But it has to start somewhere and it applies it to like a, like a podcast like this. And it's looking to find those ideas, those words, those key phrases, and then dice the whole thing up into dozens of social posts. So in the case with video, you get video clips to go along with it. Um, and so the idea, right, Jay, is to do two things. Number one, remove the fear of the blank page because like, God help us. It's it's awful, even for us pros, you know, we all have it. And then the other component is to really unlock the gold that you guys are creating right now. I mean, you and Anna bust your bumps to do these shows, right? You put hours and hours in it. So let's make it work hours and hours for you out over time for ages. You know, this is how we get that exponential um, long tail effect on your own content. So in a circumstance like this, where we're going to have this particular episode, and we will have an audio file, obviously, because it's a podcast, we will then have a transcript of the show, which you can find at socialpros.com. We can take the audio file, which lately will then transcribe, and then automatically, using artificial intelligence and machine learning, look at the social channels and the social engagement history of at convince on Twitter or at Jay Bear on Twitter, et cetera. Uh, and then we'll recommend actually write, not even just recommend, actually create uh, in some cases, dozens and dozens and dozens of different social media posts that we can then say, yep, click post. Yep. Maybe change this word. Cause that feels a little different than what, how I would say it now post, et cetera. Um, and it does it really quickly. Uh, I just did a sample the other day cause I hadn't used it. Um, for a little while for a, a tool like this. And I got 36 tweets in like 36 seconds. I'm like, that's faster than I can write. And I'm a professional writer. So <laughs> that was pretty amazing. Um, can, can, you. can you use those posts anywhere? So does it, does it create tweets or does it create things that, that could be on Twitter or LinkedIn or Instagram or whatever? Right. You got it. So it can go anywhere to all the social places, even YouTube, if you have video with us, um, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, you know, what's interesting is that the use case, people are coming up with even weirder ways to use it. So for example, we work with a company called Levity Live and they own the um, rights to basically every video that you've ever seen of any famous, famous comedian, whether it's Seinfeld or Guy Fieri, for example, Guy, I guess, is a comedian to somebody. Um, and it finds the best jokes. <laughs> right because it's just looking it knows what the audience will react to so it's looking for the i need that in my work I, I i yeah i need to, <laughs> i need to, i need to put some keynotes into that and be like which parts are actually funny right yeah exactly and and you know it comes from you know just to touch on this it came from um you know i worked with walmart back in the day back in my day and i was writing for them and the topic was very boring and we would typically, as you all know, this is a blog, the title of the blog would be the thing that women promote, right? And in this case, it was, you know, Walmart funds 
$54 million project to help lift the poor out of poverty. And frankly, nobody cared, just to be real honest, right? But inside the blog were really interesting stats and quotes and success stories. And so I thought, well, let's also have a little FOMO here. What if I took one of these sentences out? I don't have to complete the idea. I can leave it hanging just enough maybe a little context with some hashtags or whatever, and then put a link back to the full version and titillate people, right? Like you don't, don't give them all the hammer, but also don't bore them. And that's the idea here is like, are you really pulling out the most interesting, valuable, compelling components of what you're making? And is it enough to get somebody to take that next step? That's... First off, I, I I have so many questions and so many things I want to touch on. But first off, that is really cool that you could actually take something, pull out the best of it. Because I think too, when you're when you're writing content and you're creating things, sometimes you're so in it you can't see from a different perspective anymore, especially as a creator. Mm-hmm. And to be able to give that new life and give it new breath, and then actually, you know just give it the momentum that it needs that maybe it didn't have the first time is huge. That's, that's, that's just an amazing stat. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I wanted to pile onto that. And thanks for, um, you said it so well, you say it better than me. (laughs) Um, but I wanted to touch on, um, you know, so, so typically in marketing, we've all, we all knew this. It's one message all the time, right? One Mm -hmm. message all the time. That's changing. Because humans are cottoning onto it. We hate being spammed and we hate being bored, right? And so um, my friend David Allison has a company called Value Graphics, which uses the opposite of demographics, like what we care about values, to consult the United Nations, for example, and other large companies on where what are customers going to buy next. And so for him, there's 56 values across the globe that people, humans, care about. So think about that. Like I've incorporated that into what we're saying here lately. Instead of pulling out one message and hitting you overhead a thousand times with it, let's find all the different ways we can excite you about this piece of content, right? And what happens, Anna, is that the the sharing, the commenting, the engagement, it skyrockets because humans are multifaceted, right? And you can interest them in the same thing in different ways. And they don't they don't care that it's the same thing. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and this is something that that we talk about all the time at Convince and Convert, Jay and everybody else. We, when we talk to clients, we talk about content atomization and really mm-hmm. maximizing that initial investment. And we've been talking about atomization this whole time with, with Lately.ai. But I think the thing that people underestimate is how much sometimes it takes to go back through the archives, especially when you've been focused on new, new, new content for so long and you have these huge archives. So to have this amazing ability to have something actually go through and atomize that content and again, breathe new life into things, I think is just massive. And I'm just curious, what are some other examples you've seen from your clients who've you know done this and, and taken maybe some archives or taken some of these big pieces of content and just really atomized them in just brilliant ways? Yeah, I mean, so so what's amazing is what's old is always new again, <laughs> right? Because it's new to me. And so that's part of that exponential long tail value that you get out of this. This is a mindset here, right? I mean, you can do this by hand without lately. I did it for Walmart and I spent hours and they paid me $140,000 to do it. So, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's this, the idea is what we're saying here. 
And we've seen customers like David Meerman Scott, who wrote a couple famous books. One's Fanocracy about the psychology of the Grateful Dead. Another one is the the new rules of PR and marketing. So he's a god. Um, so he runs his past books, past blogs through Lately. And he's, and it's the idea is this. You want the AI to give you 20 or 40 social posts. And this is another mindset. Then you want to schedule them trickle them out, like drip feed them out over time. Because it doesn't matter if I'm Googling it now or later, I'm still going to want to find it and, and read the, the, the idea. And um, while I'm here, I just want to touch on this other thing, like around mindset, marketing has been locked in the immediacy and the live for so long. And the world has moved on. We digest music and TV, for example, when we want to, Right not live. And so if we're binge watching and binge hearing, why why isn't marketing like binge marketing? This is what I call it to us, you know, thinking about after after the fact marketing. So if you think about um, HubSpot and Inbound, like what a conference, right? Very popular. But how many more eyeballs could they get on Oprah or whoever is the guest speaker if they took that content and atomized it and used it all year long to promote the next Inbound? It's actually amazing when I look at the statistics for this program now in our 11th year, how many downloads we get on episodes of Social Pros from weeks ago, months ago, or years ago. Of course, this episode with Kate Bradley Chernus from Lately.ai will generate thousands and thousands and thousands of listens when it appears, but on the whole, we get as much, if not more, listening to the back catalog. But here's the point. We don't promote the back catalog at all. (laughs) We literally only promote the episode every Friday. Once that Friday passes, we never talk about any of these episodes in any of our social media, literally ever. (laughs) And we've got 11 years of shows, right? So And I think webinars are are another good example, Kate. Uh, We've all seen the live show-up rate for webinars go down and down and down and down. It used to be 50% back in the day. Now it's typically 15 to 20% of registrants will show up live. And, And my answer to that is, so what? Like, why are we thinking of a webinar as a live show? Why don't we think of it as a video blog post? So whenever you choose to consume it is cool with us, right? As long as you consume it at some point. But again, it requires you to completely rethink about how content is created and when it has value. And and as long as you're not using Lately.ai to send social posts about a blog post that you wrote seven years ago that is no longer valid, um, assuming that the content is still appropriate, I I completely agree with this notion. And, And the fact that you can do it automatically without tying up staff time is the real genius. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that, boy, my friend Métis King, will, or, or, or making tea, sorry, will, will hate this, but I, I was thinking that FOMO might be dead just now as you were saying that because, I mean, you're pissing me off if you're making me, like, you're if you're trying to get me all jazzed up about something that I should be able to, like you said, digest when I want to, right? Yeah. I mean, the other option is, hey, let's do a webinar and we don't record it, right? To me, right. That, that's the difference between a live event like a webinar and a live event like a concert. 
Right. If I go, right. if I go to the the new Beach House concert, um, they're not going to record it. Like I don't get an email with a link to the show. Right um, now, in in COVID times, and there's a lot of online concerts and such. That's a little different, but but I don't know that that will persist. Ultimately, you know, it's it's ephemeral. Like you're there or you're not there. Um, but we have built marketing uh, to to be always on. Yet we don't market our marketing in the same way, which is remarkable. So let me ask you a quick question, Kate. I know what you're going to say already, but I'm going to make you answer the question anyway. I'm going to go to my boss um, and I'm going to pitch a license for Lately.ai. And I can only I can only pitch my boss on one benefit. I can either say Lately is going to save us time or I can say Lately is going to boost engagement, which is the stronger pitch. The engagement. I mean, well, it depends on who you're talking to. Because <laughs> if your boss is smart enough to calculate time into bodies, uh-huh. <laughs> then that's what might be tickling their fancy. Right. Um, but for you, I mean, the engage, it's not, and just to be very clear, it's not, let's get you some more engagement. It's the difference between engagement, like Gary V, of 12,000% increase, Right. Our average customer sees a 180 to 240% increased engagement. That's that's not a little, right? And I think like that's the thing that is hard to convey because it's such a huge jump, you know? And when you communicate to someone that, right? And it's and let's not even say engagement, let's say it's leads. Let's let's put it in those terms, right? The reason lately asks you to put a link in there is to drive traffic back. Like I said to you guys before we started recording, I'm going to ask for this file. I'm going to run it through lately. I'm going to add up all the snippets and drive drive traffic back to wherever you post this because I want you to get leads because it'll benefit me. These are my leads too, essentially, right? And so that's the other communication thing is like if you can, if you can, this is my job, right? Is to figure out how to make marketing people understand sales or um, bosses understand the value of what we do here in marketing land, which is this big black box of magic, you know, secret magic. But it's not really. It's really about, uh, and I'm going to put this into more concrete terms there. It's it's all about the sales. Marketing is sales in my world. And I'll give you guys this example. I don't do any paid ads because I'm a startup and we don't have the budget. I don't do any cold calls or cold emails because we hate that. We live by the golden rule, do unto others. I only use Lately, just like I said, I do interviews like this every day. I ask for the file. I publish what comes out of the AI on my channels and my employees and my brand's channels. And we have a 98% sales conversion. I'll say that again in case anybody missed it. 98%. And it's because the AI is smart AF. Yeah. AI, smart as AF. I like that. Um, <laughs> what is the best source material, or does it not matter? Blog post versus video versus audio file versus webinar. Could you could you put an email newsletter into it as the as the source? Yeah, any kind of text that can come from a Word document, um, or you could copy and paste it. So chapters of books, like we said before, mm-hmm. newsletter, white paper. You can copy text off a of PDF or slide or something like that. Um, you know, when you paste in a URL, it just automatically takes Correct. takes whatever text is on the website or their interview. But think about like any press releases you've gotten, Jay, 
right? Or interviews with, you know, somebody's boss. Like that's amazing content. What happens to it? Nothing, I'll tell you now, Mm -hmm. but why not? Right. Then on the audio side, any audio file, just like the one we're doing here, it doesn't, it can't do this with music. So it has to be spoken words, you know? Um, And then videos. So we talked about webinars or podcasts that have video and interviews, you know, that kind of thing. What we have found is, you know, it's better at text because most of us, when we write a blog, for example, we're obsessing over every sentence, you know? And Unnecessarily so, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, when you when you start to use AI, you realize your worry about semicolon usage is overblown. It's true. I'm guilty myself. Um, but you know, because I know this, I think a lot, and I'm doing it now as we as we talk here as best I can to speak in short sentences to give you. I'm trying to give you one-liners here, right? Um, so if you write like that, it's much easier to write like that for most people. It's harder. I was a rock and roll DJ. Um, you guys probably know this, but my last gig was broadcasting to 20 million listeners a day for XM satellite radio. So I'm pretty good behind the mic, you know, and I've had to learn to become better and I'm leaving space. You can hear it because I'm thinking about the AI, (laughs) And what it needs to do to come in, right? So you can game it. We had a we had a customer actually who, for example, wrote a blog, ran it through the AI, saw the results, thought they sucked because they did. He went back and rewrote his blog <laughs> and then got better results, right? So there's, and you're touching on one, and forgive me for talking radio, but but um, so much. You're touching on another key point, which is the AI is only so good and the human must come in and augment or enhance or guide it in order for it to to skyrocket right there's a it's the combination that gets the magic so that was actually going to be my next question because obviously you touched on a bit of the writer's ego there um, and obsessing over the words and, you know, writers, especially the three of us being writers on this call, very passionate about creating content and writing and making sure things are so well communicated that um, I imagine you potentially have a lot of writers and content creators, maybe who bristle at first at the thought of AI and think that this is just going to come in and replace their, their, their jobs and their careers, which obviously, as you have already pointed out, is not the case. So, you know, we've already heard the success story about, you know, tweaking and editing and making sure that it's content is the best that it can be based on machine learning. But what are some other ways that writers can embrace this and not see it as a competitor, but more as a tool to help drive their content even further and really speak to their audiences in more effective ways? It's so funny that you asked that, Anna, because my friend Janice um, was just talking about this on social today. So, you know, AI, I just want to remind everybody, it's a robot. It is a robot. Okay. So even when you see R2-D2 and you think that he's like a dog, which is how they designed it, your human brain puts that on the robot. Okay. So there's a required component there. Um, I think. The, the magic, the je ne sais quoi that writers bring to the table works like this. I'll, I'll explain to you, it, it, and I'll back up into music. So 
let's start with music and then we'll talk about writing because it's the same. Um, so what I learned, my, my superpower is turning listeners into fans or customers into evangelists. There's a big difference. Those people work for you for free, right? And they do it on that long tail, long tail scale on and on. So you, you want that. Okay, how do you do it? When your brain hears a new song, it must instantly access every older song you've ever heard in this moment. Imagine this power, all of the nostalgia and emotion and memory rushing forth. And what's happening is your brain is looking for familiar touch points. So it knows where to index the new song in the library of the memory of your brain. Okay. Now your voice, Jay, is like a song. There's a musical note to it. It has what's called a frequency. All, all sound has a frequency. And when you write an email and Anna reads it, she hears your voice in her head. And so it's your job as the author, right, to give Anna familiar touch points that trigger nostalgia, memory, emotion. By the way, the three key elements of trust, which is what we must have in place to buy. So the thing that I'm talking about here, like that is that, that those two things have in common is theater of the mind, right? Your, your mind as an author, as the woman wielding the mic, I have to know and understand that there's another character here that's playing a role in our communication. And if I'm good at my job, I'm allowing space for that character to fill in the blanks. You get it? So this is why AI cannot replace writers <laughs> or marketers or humans because that magical je ne sais quoi must be in place for the skyrocket to rocket. So definitely not a HAL 2001 Space Odyssey situation is what we're hearing. <laughs> no, that guy was a, such a jerk, right? He was a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. I mean, you just locked the human out, but yeah, you know, just that little bit. Yeah, yeah. And and also the other thing too is, um, you know, if you're good at your job, you want the boring parts taken away for you so that you can use your brain on the fun parts. And if you're not, then sorry, you're going to be feeling threatened, right? right. Um, number one. But also, if you think of artificial intelligence as a human being, it's only three months old. It can't stand up. <laughs> it can't feed itself. <laughs> it's very young. It's not replacing anything, you know, at least not in the content creation world. I mean, I've seen other content, you know, so to be really clear with people, like lately learns from what you've done before and what you're doing now and in the future. But So you have to feed it that information for it to do anything. And then you have to feed it long form content for it to have more information. And then, as you guys know, you have to edit it. You have to come in and like, if it starts out with a non sequitur, it doesn't know that the sentence is referencing the question you asked before. It doesn't know that. You have to co contextualize it and be like, hey, dummy, <laughs> this doesn't make sense without this one word here, you know? Does it go back, Kate, and continue to learn the engagement patterns and preferences of your social audience over time, does that part also improve uh, week to week, month to month, each time you use it? Yeah, it's what it's doing is it's studying your highest engaging posts. Um, so the ones that are get, get you the most likes, comments, and shares specifically. However, um, 
so can't have, I don't, ha I don't have access to your audience's analytics necessarily, but we do um, pull out what we call tag clouds. So you can see the at mentions of anybody in your audience on a daily, weekly, hourly basis. And you can look to see when you tag somebody, who gets the most mileage for you, right? Um, so we use that a lot. Like, you know, Brian Kramer, <laughs> we, we, you guys know Brian Kramer. He's a famous guy. If I tag him, chances are my reach is going to go ding. Um, which is why, I mean, this, this sounds so, so silly, but people forget. So, so you guys are going to give me this file. I'm going to do all the things I said, atomize it, whatever, but my humans who are going to help it along, I'm going to tell them not only make sure you tag Jay and Anna. And the reason I want to then schedule that content maybe once or twice a week is I don't want you to be annoyed by over tags. But if I tag you only once or twice a week, the chances of you being like, oh, yeah, I forgot we interviewed Kate. Retweet. Yep. Retweet share. Right? Yep. Yep. And, and we're just talking. I just want to pull everybody down. All, all the stuff we're talking about here is just um, is just um, we're putting ourselves in someone's shoes. Right? There's a lot of sympathy and empathy into this conversation. I talked about the golden rule. So I'm trying to understand what people care about, why they would do it. You know, am I spamming you? Am I leaving room for your imagination to be part of the fold here? Right. This is what pros know about communication is it's not just the words on the page. In enterprise businesses, in many cases, there is a content team and a social team. Which of those do you think is best suited to sort of own the Lately.ai relationship? Hmm. They do fight. <laughs> it's like Marsha and Jan Brady, old reference. Yeah, they do. What we've found is whenever possible, if we can get them both on the same onboarding call, then they play nice and there's a lot of ahas because Lately does make room for those, as far as our team's uh, controls, et cetera, to bring in the, the comms teams, for example, and the content teams. Usually the content teams get excited because they'll see more celebration of what they wrote, you know, for sure. Um, lately, we've been, pun intended, we've been actually focusing on more sales teams. And the reason is, is because, you know, the demand for sales enablement has gone up through the roof, which is kind of stupid, really, because, I mean, marketing and sales have always been social. <laughs> this is not new, you know, but whatever. And what we're finding is that salespeople really don't know what to say at first. They're great at the conversation, but what's the first, where do we start? And you know why? Is because we just like put the boot right in your face. <laughs> We're not doing what I, what I just talked about, like thinking about sympathy and empathy and putting yourself in someone's shoes that's generally not their forte. They're dogs. Go get it. Go eat it. Go chase it down, right? Um, and so if you can have AI remove that first hurdle for you, then give the salespeople the opportunity to, you know, respond all human, all organic. Um, 
so that's been kind of an interesting shift for us, Jay. It seems like the potential to just thinking through some of that sales enablement is helping them actually be more social on social, you know, going back to, as you mentioned, you know, your golden rule of do unto others and having them start conversations and understanding what people react to and, you know, how to kind of start those conversations without being that, you know, that guy, cliche, (laughs) social, yeah, salesman at a party. People are bad. I mean, they're really, really bad at um, finding something interesting to say, and which surprises me because people are so fascinating. They just think of themselves as boring, or they um, they don't know the nuance. I hate to do this. I, I hate to use this metaphor, but it's so easy to understand. Get the get her phone number right <laughs> first. <laughs> You don't need to ask her to marry you. Hold on. Hold the, woo, whoa, slow down, brother or or girl or whoever you're dating here. But um, so it's this idea, and we've all had this happen. You connect with someone on LinkedIn and they pitch you. Stop it. <laughs> now, you don't want to just start asking them stupid, inane questions about cereal or whatever. You have to be interesting. Um, but it's that idea of, you know, how's the weather is the most wonderful question ever right? It instantly puts you in doing to others, someone else's shoes. And you can talk about anything or where do you live? That's a great one too, right? We all can can do that. Finding those touch points, Anna, is what you're talking about. Those familiar touch points we were, we were touching on with the, the nostalgia, uh, the neuroscience of music. That's everything in every conversation, whether you're texting your husband to do a chore for you or emailing the CEO to close the deal, you've got to find a way to break the barrier, make them like you, make them trust you um, with the comfort. It's the comfort, right? I don't even know you guys and I are, I like you. I really want to have a drink. Let's do it. <laughs> we can do it right <laughs> now. Uh, one more question for you before we get to the two queries we ask everybody on the show, Kate. Um, uh-huh. I want you to talk a little bit about lately office hours. I think it's a really interesting content approach that that you as a brand do uh, where you just kind of do the, the live and like get people on there and just talk about stuff that's not really even your software, your technology. Just like a little backstory on how you went about that. Boy, you are just so nice, Jay. I love you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, lately office hours was actually Brian Kramer's idea, our, our good friend. Um, and it's morphed over time. What we thought about most is what we just were talking about is value. What are people caring about the most? You know, we first started as kind of a live demo of our software because, hey, it's interesting. AI, what is this? You know, but then we realized that it's rare that I do a, a, a podcast like this and talk about it lately um, because I've learned I can talk about anything but <laughs> and drive just as many leads right? Isn't that, isn't that fascinating? And it's because once people are, all you have to do is get people curious and they look you up is what happens. So we found that we don't have to talk about the product at all. We can talk about anything that's remotely interesting to our, our customers and we still get leads out of it because that is the end goal, of course. But using the David Allison model of the value graphics were the, the values that people care about. One thing we learned, Jay, was that our customers 
are really inspired by community. That's a, that's a, a value that they care about. And how do we bring them together in a way that benefits us? I mean, again, that's what the magic is. So um, with office hours, boy, Lauren is so great, right? Like that's the other thing that happened. She's, she's often the host, mostly the host, is that I can't, I'm only me. I'm on the cover of my own magazine, right? But what if I put other people on the cover of my magazine? I don't need to be on the cover. So let's put Lauren on there. Sometimes Chris will do office hours. Alex Lowe is doing it today. Um, Katie Jordan, you know, our friends, you guys are, we'd love to have you do one if you want to. We'd love it. Um, come up with a topic you think is interesting or that someone wants to talk about um, or hear about or learn about. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to touch on, Jay, was we've also found that when we can, whenever we can turn the conversation from business to reality, it's a super win for us, right? Like, I am trying to stop drinking. I'm not an alcoholic. I don't get drunk every night by any means, but it's hard for me to stop drinking. And I've been reading some books about it, and this is not a problem that's unique to me. I've come to find out lots of my friends have this problem or this annoyance, annoyance. And it's embarrassing to talk about because probably just by saying it, people might be thinking, oh, she must be a drunk. That's not the case, right? And this has nothing to do with lately, but also it does, right? Like, cause my job is, my job is to find a value that's of interest to you, to get you to care about me and trust me and to learn more. Well, it probably seems like the right time to remind you that there are some AI-driven cocktail recipe apps. Perhaps that's you know, not what you're looking for, but I know it exists. You just say, hey, and I, cocktails. Have, I yeah. have gin and I got beet juice uh, and I have uh, lemonade. <laughs> what can I make? And it's like, doot, 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 doot. You need to <laughs> eat pollens or whatever. Like, yeah, so there you go. That, that can be the next expansion uh, at Lately. It's going to recommend tweets. And cocktails. Perfect. If only, if only it could like <clears throat> also dress me, you know, and make me lose some weight, grow taller. Hey, robot <laughs> is the robot, right? There's definitely AI dress dress apps for sure. I need one of those that, that picks my plaid for me. All right, Kate, we're going to ask you the two questions that we ask everybody here on the show. The first is, what one tip would you give somebody who's looking to become a social pro? I would advise you when you're writing to really think about not not undercutting your authority with what I call the weak words. And women do this a lot, specifically. Weak words are like, just, probably, maybe. <laughs> I just wanted to say right? You don't think, you know, you are the authority. Own, own them, own the space. People are very hesitant to do this. And somebody call, called me out recently and was like, well, isn't that cocky? So effing what? So what? I am the authority, right? Trust. It's about trust. If you want to buy from me, you got to trust me. And if I'm wavering like a fool, you're not giving me any money. Yeah, that's great advice. My daughter has her very first job in marketing uh, for a SaaS Martech company, uh, and and she falls into that trap all the time, right? I'm like, look, nobody in this company, because it's two tech co-founders, nobody in this company knows anything about marketing, literally. You are, in facto, the only expert in this entire company. 
why are you not saying this is how it should be? Because they have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, so I, I see her falling into that trap all the time. Well, I'm not sure. And this is what I think we should do. Maybe I'm like, look, they don't know. But, you know, it, it is very uh, common among women, unfortunately. And and certainly, you know, in your first job, you're like, I don't actually know what I'm talking about. I'm like, but comparatively speaking, you do. <laughs> so it's OK. It's true. You know, and you should tell your daughter this story. Somebody ha- had hired me to to do something and we were they took me to Ogilvy to present it with them. And boy, did I make a mistake because I presented it. Well, this is something that I think you will like or I think you think will work. And he took me aside afterwards and he said, I brought you here to be the expert. And I was embarrassed and I never did it again. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So and and um that was good. I like that. Yeah. Um, so we've given you now 30, 38 minutes to come up with an answer <laughs> for our last question here on Super Pros, <laughs> which is if you could do a video call with any living person, who would it be? Um, it would just be my niece and nephew. I love them nice. so much. Yeah, they're five and nine. And my my only wish would be that they would want to do the call with me. <laughs> Instead of whatever they normally are doing, playing games. You can bribe little kids, right? You're like, hey, you know, it's donuts. It's donuts and a call with Aunt Kate. I'm like, fine, we're in. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be so nice just to pay attention to them and to like, I, I miss them. Oh, I miss them so much as as everybody does. And, you know, we just had two, two, friend, uh, two of our good friends here, a couple. They have two children, twin girls. They're 11. And they've been here for the weekend. And, oh, my God, your life changes. These girls are so wonderful. And, and it all I did was engage for, for two days. And that's hard for me to not be at work and on my phone. And I just kept thinking they're right, they're right here. And they're so interesting. And watching how they process stuff. And um, they do a lot of – one thing I noticed, not to tangent too much. I mean, I can't help it, obviously. But as they talk, they – they use emojis in their physical communication. So for example, one of them was making a sarcastic joke. And as she did it, she took her pinky and and put her pinky in the corner of her eye and pulled her pinky down her face. And I didn't know what it meant. And her mom nudged me and she's like, she's giving you the cry emoji. Wasn't that amazing? Wow. Little kids <laughs> making I, faces to mimic emojis. Don't even know what to say about that. I, <laughs> wow. I, it was so cool, right? She was so cool in that moment. That is so cool, but that also made me feel like five generations older than yeah, I actually yeah, had. Totally. Right. And the, the other thing they do, by the way, is um, they're all they do is peace signs, these two girls. Like, so everything is a peace sign. It's not high. It's hey, and any answer, uh, any answer, it gets a peace sign, and I just, I just love it. I love that. That's their so default. That's their thing. That's their default thing. Yeah. Um, well, we are we are going back to the future in that we all started communicating with cave drawings, <laughs> and yes. now it's all emojis, and so we're just going back to cave drawings. It's it's basically the same. Yeah. Isn't it bizarre? You know, yeah. we, we, um, w- the last thing I'll say about these two, two girls is my, my husband has been coll- collecting typewriters. He watched that Tom Hanks thing oh, yeah. where Tom Hanks is like 200 typewriters. Yeah, right? sucked him in, huh? 
sucked him in. He went and bought the exact one that was just, that's Tom's favorite. He, he bought a bunch of them and had to refurbish it together. Anyways, so the girls loved it and they, they've been typing song lyrics and messages all weekend. And what's so beautiful about the typewriter is number one, the sound. It's very lyrical. Number two, as we all well, maybe we don't all know. I mean, those of us who have used a typewriter, when you press hard, sometimes that ink, it's not per, its not perfect. It's messy, a type, a type page, right? The ink blurs, it gets too deep. There's weird, the, the level of the, um, the way it appears on the page is not always like, you know, parallel or, or, or um, steady. And so there's so much tactileness of this piece of paper <laughs> that com- comes out, right? And um, they left me a thank you note on my bed when I left in, in the typewritten thing. And I, and I will love it forever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Teaching a kid who's five, how to use a typewriter is like, I don't even know what the analogy is, what that would be like teaching me to do. I don't know. <laughs> like using a, using Atticus. a laser, using lately a dot AI. Yeah. Typewriters for those kids. That's like a, I don't know what that, that is like the, 2010 space odyssey like seeing the you know rocket buried the in the band. yeah you're like what is this thing yeah yeah, yeah but to, and to sum everything up like again what all this gets back to is is the values right mm-hmm. you know and i'm even in this moment i'm having a real conversation with you guys and i'm tangenting and zagging all over the place but i also know that this is the stuff that people remember and when they hear it afterwards they'll write to me and say something about probably mostly what we just talked about rather than <laughs> right the rest yes. of it as yeah. always your real life is much more interesting than what you do professionally and that is true for everybody unless you're probably an astronaut and maybe maybe one or two <laughs> one or two other <laughs> professions uh maybe if you're like i don't know if you're if you're like Miley Cyrus or somebody like that maybe your actual job is more interesting i don't know but Keith Richards probably yeah, has Keith a, Richards yeah, yes exactly job. exactly Kate, thanks so much. Really appreciate you taking the time. Congrats on all the continued success at Lately.ai. It is super slick. Uh, Friends, I should tell you, you can just go to Lately.ai and drop in a link for any blog post, article, whatever, and it will spit out um, a series of sample social posts. You can just kind of get a quick vibe for how it works. And just that alone will uh, will really showcase what it can do. Obviously, there's, there's demos that you can take for uh, a more full-featured uh, look under the hood, but uh, take advantage of it. I think you'll like it lately.ai. Kate Bradley-Churnis, their CEO, joined us this week on the show. Kate, really appreciate it. Thank you. Friends, you can go to socialpros.com to check out all the highlights of this episode, or you'll probably see them in social media because uh, lately.ai will be uh, will be putting them out there as well. Of course, socialpros.com has all the highlights of every episode we've ever recorded here at Social Pros, going back to January of 2012. Anna and myself will be back next week with another spectacular guest and what we hope is your favorite podcast on the entire planet. This has been Social Pros. Social Pros.